Hey, Room 303 listeners. Are you looking for a way to make every game day exciting, even when your favorite team isn't suiting up? Then Thrive Fantasy is the destination you're looking for. A one-of-a-kind daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have options for NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports. Guess what? They even take all the research out of it for you by only asking about top-tier athletes in their respective sports. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is, baby. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Build your lineup daily and earn all that moolah. For NFL, choose 10 out of 20 player prop options. NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports, choose 5 out of 10 player prop options. With PGA having new contests each match day, Thursday, Friday, and so on. Still on the fence? Well, here's the nudge you need. Use promo code ROOM303 when you sign up and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. I'll repeat that. Promo code ROOM303. A $20 bonus. Thrive has awarded over $1.3 million in prizes since launch in 2018. What are you waiting for? To be up 28 to 3? Download Thrive Fantasy now and prop up today. Not all states qualify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Podcast Room 303. I'm your host, Jermaine Chach Mendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Chachahan. (laughs) And we are here for another edition of your favorite weekly hour. Ready for the greatest sound in the world, Nick? Ah, it's like a flesh of pizza. <laughs> yeah, shout out Luigi's in, in Imperial Beach, by the way. Oh, I had some slices last night, bro. They have these circles on the ground that says, keep the distance, six feet, blah, blah, blah. And then it's sponsored by SDG&E. And I'm like, how about you guys go fix your electrical grid so we have stop having fires? But no, you're spending money on these stickers to sponsor staying away from each other. Yeah. So Luigi's, for those of you who don't know, Luigi's is a restaurant that after you eat a five-course meal, you top it off. with You, you wash it down <laughs> with a little bit of Luigi's pizza. There is no time on this. There's no time or event on this planet that you, that one would not say, I'd go for some Luigi's. It's dessert pizza, bro. Dessert pizza, Jermaine. Yesterday, you were saying pre-show that yesterday you had your you had your meal, your had pre-cooked dinner. meal. You had, had dinner, dinner, and then you said, "You know what? Let me beep bop down to Luigi's because I I need a little bit of I need a snack." I took the pooch for a little wakaruni, and I was just like, "I need a little cherry on top of my Sunday." I snagged a pepperoni jalapeno and a barbecue chicken. You got to love the barbecue chickens. Jermaine, happy spooky season to you. Spooky Ooh. season is about spooky season is about to end. We're about to enter the best month of the year. Comelinic com word uh, things. I decided to eat that word cumulating like cumulonimbus uh culminating in thing yeah, culminating in uh the greatest holiday this planet has ever had, which is Thanksgiving. Uh, don't at me. I know about the Indians and all that stuff. Don't at me, uh, or the Native Americans. Excuse me. Um, as as Jermaine, we like to call them, the Redskins. Well, 
<laughs> as, as we like to call them, the football team. The football team. That's what we like to call them. But happy spooky season to you, Jermaine. Are you doing anything for Halloween? So, yes and no, I guess. So, tomorrow we're going to go hike. We're either going to do hike Iron Mountain or walk Torrey Pines Beach. So, we'll see what happens. And then we're supposed to go. That's not spooky at all. And then go get brunch and drinks. And then we're going to carve pumpkins at night and have s'mores on the beach. Yeah, it's really not. It's really not like. But, like. You can't go. You can't go Halloween it up. Yeah, you so, can, dude. So my two favorite holidays: Fourth of July and Halloween. Right? Those are the two best holidays. I don't care what no, say. No love for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving better be number three. Thanksgiving's up there. It's it, but up it's there. It's just an excuse there? to get a ton of food. Like nobody's ever really thankful. Parents it's, are yelling at each other. You're it's your boy's uncle, holiday. Your creepy uncle's rubbing your shoulder. Like, dude. Like, Joe no. Biden. <laughs> yeah, dude, Thanksgiving has a lot of bad stuff, and then the worst part is, is like you everyone's no bad stuff. Everyone's full on food, and then the next day they're hitting each other for the latest Xbox. Like it's the opposite of what should be happening. It's kind of it's kind of one of the worst weeks of like the spirit of humanity. You know what That's I mean? Your- it is absolutely my opinion. Uh, New Year's is better. New Year's is way better than Thanksgiving. Uh, St. Patrick's Day, way better. That song, song in in the New Year's Eve song, really does inspire something in you. It really does. Like you're like, I'm gonna be a new me. I'm gonna lose 15 pounds. You know what? You know what's gonna be my favorite thing to to talk about uh, this coming New Year's is uh, how do 2020 resolutions go? I'm going to get outside more. I'm going to meet more people. <laughs> Yo, nobody's re- – like the people who are sticking to their resolutions into March, God bless you because you guys got railroaded. It's like first, why, why Lee Coyote getting hit by a railroad, bro? The first two weeks of January, the worst to be a, like a, a, a constant – as a constant gym goer, humble brag, the first two weeks – in January are awful because everybody goes and you're like, Jesus, just end your resolution. You're not going to lose that weight. You're not going to bench press 300 pounds. You're not going to do it. Just get out. It's packed tighter than Nick, Nick's butthole. <laughs> uh, I, don't I don't know, man. That's like a hot dog down the hallway. Moving on to trivia. So this week, uh, in honor of Tyler Lockett, absolutely spazzing out on the world of professional football. He put up a whopping uh, 53 points, the uh, 53 PPR fantasy points. So in honor of Tyler Lockett, who, non-QB, has the best single-game fantasy point total in fantasy football history? And may we say that even if it were a QB, it would not be the highest total in history. Yeah, that was pretty shocking to see. So. The QB didn't have the highest standard scoring or full point PPR. So it didn't really matter, but we I that was a, the initial question I asked was non-QB. So that's why we stuck with it. But here's here's a little here's a little hint for the people out there, Jermaine, because I like handing out little hints. The two players, PPR and standard scoring, played in the same division 
I don't think they uh, never mind. I'm not going to say at the same time, but they played in the same division. They did actually play in the same division. They play the same position as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. Here's your turd, your turd bit. That's there you go, morons. If you can't get it at this point, you're a moron. <laughs> so uh, we will give you the most points by QB scored, which was Michael Vick with 49.32 fantasy points. Uh, that was that- Atlanta Falcons' Michael Vick, by the way. No, that was that was Eagles Michael Vick. My that was Eagles Mike Vick. Yeah, November fifteenth, twenty ten. No doubt. Yep, and uh, he had three hundred thirty three passing yards, four passing touchdowns, eighty rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. Dude, absolutely lost his mind, and still doesn't have the most fantasy points ever. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Mike Vick, good at football. Mm-hmm. Speaking of being good at football, Ronnie. Motherfucking Stanley. Oh. Just turned in his as, good at football to generational wealth. As 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 the rappers these days are saying, he got the bag. <laughs> the rappers. I've never heard it said so like as the rappers are saying these days. I don't think I Ronnie Stanley. Ronnie Stanley walked away with the bag. <laughs> Hey, excellent enunciation, my friend. Yeah, Ronnie Stanley got paid. It was a five-year contract extension that's worth up to $113 million. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to GMing with Jermaine, everyone's favorite segment. First of all, this is a Hog Molly's podcast. Listen, hey, curls for the girls, right? But you know what we like, Jermaine? Thighs for the guys. Eyes for the guys. That's right. And we love, we love ourselves the men's in the trenches. Them, them, them men's that just don't get the credit, but they're grinding every play, cracking against each other. Big boys. The bigger the ass, the better. Oh, yeah. That's the bigger the ass, the bigger the cash. That didn't really work out. All right. That's the title of my memoirs. The bigger, bigger the ass, the, the better. When are you going to write these memoirs that you had so many great names for? <laughs> Dude, these memoirs would be a hell of a fucking story. <laughs> so on, on, on today's show, we're going to do our, our, our traditional head-to-head challenge. We actually have something special for you. Uh, executive producer Nevada uh, was quite angry that the Saints played the Panthers and we had no side bet. So this week, we, we have a side bet. Um, that that we'll get to shortly. We're we're then going to talk about uh, the NFL. We'll mention the players of the month. Uh, talk about some juicy season props that Jermaine and I laid uh, on Thursday. But let's start with a little bit of combat sports, Jermaine. You and I said last week we said that this was one of the most emotional and um, basically. L- um, what am I trying to say? A grounded, I guess, grounded in reality, a combat sports retirement of all time. Obviously, we're talking about Khabib. Uh, Nurman. Khabib. Yep. <laughs> we're going to talk about Khabib. Khabib. Uh, Nurmagomedov. That's not how you say his name. Uh, Khabib's retirement after uh, going 29-0 and his father's passing, passing, there was just so much stuff involved with that that you're like, he's not coming back. However, Jermaine, that's right. You have news. You have news to the contrary from from the from El Jefe himself. Yeah. So 
Ner- Nurmagomedov, right, is is emotion was emotional, right? Obviously, it's his first fight without his father. He was super close. His father, brilliant mind in wrestling and combat sports, well respected worldwide. Uh, you know, Connor and Khabib hate each other. They talked. They've said some incendiary things about each other. And even Connor was just like, "Hey, Khabib, I'm super effing sorry for your loss." It was. It was devastating. Dude was already dealing with problems, and then COVID kicked in, so he died from uh, his pre-existing condition with the COVID complications, which is unfortunate. Uh, you know, hearts out to Khabib family, but Khabib, you know, and Khabib's mom is definitely heartbroken, and she didn't want him to fight anymore. And he took that Gaethje fight, and then he, after the fight, said the said the said the damn thing, said he wasn't doing it anymore. But Dana White. Uh, was interviewed on the Zach Gelb show, G E L B. Uh, I don't even know what kind of name that is. It's money in German. Is that what it means in German? Gelb. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I guess. I guess no. Geld. Sorry. Nope. Wrong. All right. Tight. G E L B is money in German. Okay. Yeah. We're moving on. Yeah. Good time. Uh, so the quote from Dana is Khabib. And I had been talking. He was completely emotional that night, which is understood, as we previously uh, examined. And when he got through that fight, I have a feeling that he might go for 30-0, which was his father's ultimate goal for him, right? That was when they set out on this journey and Khabib proved to be as good as advertised and better. Um, 30-0 was the goal, right? That was, that was the mark. 30-0 and retire. So if Dana White's saying that, that means he's obviously had some constructive conversations with Khabib. And you and I said that, uh, I mean, combat sports retirements has been fine and cut on this show. And you and I said this might be the one that, that sticks. And we're already adding this to the Nick Talks Out of His Ass segment because. I mean, yeah, two days later, man. Why are we surprised, though? I mean, it, here's the thing, right? It's got to be GSP. He has to yeah. fight GSP. At this yeah, point. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's cleared out the division. If it's not GSP, it's Tony Ferguson. And based on or what Connor he Connor again, right? No, no. It's Connor's Connor Khabib is done. That's done. Yeah. He jumped out of an octagon, hit Connor's buddies in the face. Like it's it's done. If it's not. GSP, it's Tony Ferguson, but does Tony Ferguson really provide, you know, the excitement? Like you saw what he just did to Gaethje, and Gaethje massacred Tony Ferguson. So it's yeah, I, it's GSP or bust. Yeah, I, I don't really see any contenders in the in the middleweight division. It's just it's there's terrific fighters, but nobody that can beat. Well, well, no, that's what I'm saying. Well, the, yeah, I mean, like when when this title was vacant, when this title, you know, when he when he vacated the title, which he's probably, you know, if this news came out, he's probably not going to do anymore. There, there was, I was like, this is going to be extremely interesting for who can grab the title. I mean, yeah, a, 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 a Ferguson Gaethje rematch is a match that I want to see. I want to see what McGregor can do. I I, I want to see this division, but if he's still in it, the fight has to be GSP. It has to be. Has to be, and it's lightweight. We, it's a lightweight title, by the way. Lightweight, sorry. We we can accept nothing less than a Khabib GSP fight, and Khabib's going to win it easily. To be honest, he's going to win it easily. 
Depends on how much steroids GSP's taking right now. <laughs> that's that's a hundred percent true. You <laughs> get all BJ penned up for this fight. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, jury's still out. If Khabib comes back, I'll gladly pay the sixty four dollars, sixty four ninety nine to watch the fight. Uh big big fan. Um, he's terrific at what he does. But if he doesn't, the rumor is that the McGregor Poirier fight which just got scheduled for, I believe, January 28th. Don't quote me on the exact date, but it's late January. Uh, McGregor Poirier is supposed to become the lightweight, you know, the vacant lightweight title belt. And so whoever wins that would become the lightweight champion. And then that stems a whole world of possibilities. Let's say Poirier beats McGregor, then we we can easily get Poirier Gaethje. We can get Poirier Ferguson, depending on how the rest of that that roster shakes out. It, it presents a lot of interesting matchups. I mean, Connor is a draw. You kind of want Connor to win that title because Connor brings eyes to the product, and UFC has crushed during COVID. Their ratings have skyrocketed. Their mentions on social media have skyrocketed. Their their clicks on the videos and links and likes have skyrocketed. So it's pretty it's pretty funny that when the NBA posted a ten percent loss, which should affect salary cap for the next upcoming free agency, that the UFC is actually um, pushing forward because they never wanted to stop and they didn't. I mean, arguably, they really, really didn't stop for COVID, and they pushed forward, and and it was probably the best business decision they could ever make. So um, they just sold the company, and the people that sold the company um, collected $5 billion. They're, they're not regretting anything. But when COVID hit, the people who bought were probably spooked. And that's why Dana White was so aggressive with the island and keeping fights going. And now it's really, really paid off. UFC has launched. And their partnership with ESPN and ESPN Plus has launched it even further. It's it's great because I want to see these fighters get paid for it. If you are crazy enough to sign up to step into a ring for the world to see you get hit in the face and see how you respond, I think you should be making more money. Yeah. I agree. And with that, UFC is over. <laughs> Let's move on to Nick's favorite subject, Major League Baseball. So it's so, so it's been a while since we got a since we got a Nick uh, MLB rant, and and it's going to be a while. So I'll, I'll finish off the season with with a nice uh, Nick rants about baseball. So Dodgers won the World Series, great for them, great for betting. Nick fan Nick says Dodgers only won because it's a sixty game season, and Clayton Kershaw uh, can't pitch in a hundred sixty two game season. It's facts. Don't at me. Um, Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash pulls Blake Snell after six innings. Blake Snell, two hits, nine Ks. He out David Roberts, David Roberts, or Dave Roberts. Yeah, Dave, David Roberts, right? It's David. However, it's David. Um, Stole we're close my like line, you bastard. So, <laughs> uh, but my rant is about managerial decisions, right? And it may not go in the way that Jermaine thinks it's going to go. Nobody. So when when you when you're talking when you're in a relationship with somebody, and you're talking to your buddy about a relationship, 
You don't ever say, hey, my girl, my, my, my girl brought home flowers and then sucked the chrome off a trailer hitch. Right? You don't tell him that because that's the good stuff in a relationship. You tell him, oh, she was nagging the heck out of me and all this. The problem with managerial decisions, especially ones on the giant stage like this, is we don't see the good ones. And nobody cares about the good ones because they work out. How many times have you seen a reliever get in trouble and a manager goes out and he pulls him for another reliever and then that reliever comes in and saves the day? How many times have you seen a starting pitcher go six innings, get pulled, and then the bullpen does its job? You you don't talk about it. You talk about, oh, wow, that was a great that was a great game by the starting pitcher. That was a great game by the bullpen, and they managed to win. They did their job, and they won. The thing about being a baseball manager is when you – and it's a great expose on leadership. When your team loses – you are the man that has the spotlight shown on him. And you have to say, it was my decisions that lost us the game. And when you win, you have to say as a manager, it was those guys out on the field. All I did was put them in the lineup and they did their job and we won the game. You don't see the good managerial decisions. We only see the bad ones. So as a, as a lifelong baseball fan... Everybody needs to lay off Kevin Cash. The Dodgers have been in the World Series three times, four times in the past five years. And they have not won a World Series because Dave Roberts has constantly made poor decisions. In actually, in six of the last six years, he has made poor decisions. That has led the that should have led the Dodgers to defeat. He made a decision this year that should have led the Dodgers to defeat. If Tampa Bay's offense wasn't as anemic as it was, Tampa Bay the Tampa Bay Rays would be World Series champions because LA did not win because of their their manager. They won because they have Mookie Betts. Ever heard of him? He's an AL MVP and the reason that the Boston Red Sox are World Series champions. And his acquisition is the reason that the Dodgers are World Series champions. Spot the lie. It's not Kevin Cash. It's not Kevin's cash fault. He took a team that had a payroll of less than 100 million and was relying on what other teams would call role players to get the job done and he brought them all the way to the World Series and he made one mistake. In game six. And he pulled his starting pitcher for reasons that I have no clue. And that was a dumb decision. But guess what? He made a thousand good decisions in the regular season. And that's why Tampa Bay was even in the World Series to begin with. And that's the end of my rant. All right. So first of all, it's where's the lie? You got you got you got to stop saying spot the lie. It's where's the lie. That's not the lie. <laughs> Second of all, no, I was saying the same thing. Game six was a duplicate of game two, right? Dave Roberts made the shitty decision of not playing Walker Bueller in game two. Therefore, he didn't have Walker Bueller for game six. If he played him in game two, they probably win game two and they probably close it out in five and Walker Bueller never has to pitch again. But nobody talks about the closing game of the World Series, and you start an opener? Why are you starting an opener for game six? Start your best pitcher. Dave, 
They had built-in days off to allow Walker Bueller to pitch game two and be five days rested to pitch game six if a game six was possible. But instead, he pitched an opener, just like he did in game two. Here's the thing. In game two, Blake Snell, who has not pitched six innings total since July of 2019, who has not pitched six innings total, which nobody talks about, was pulled in game two. He was also throwing heat in game two. The dude was the dude was pitching great. The dude was pitching great. Still pulled him in game two. Game six is a duplicate of game two. Blake what happened Snell, in game two? What happened in game two for Tampa Bay? They had eight runs. Dodgers had three. Hmm. Oh wait. So so offense wins baseball games. Yeah. Yeah. Hitting so you're telling me when you, score one, when you score one run, you can't blame the pitcher? I mean, what a wild fucking concept. Jermaine, how many runs did the Dodgers score in game six? Four. I'm no statistics major, but the average runs per game this year in the MLB was 4.6. They didn't even hit the the Dodgers scored below average league runs and won a baseball game. Stop talking. Stop being this this sheeple and talking about Kevin Cash making a dumb decision when your offense can't come to play. I was saying, dude, game two was exactly game six. The exact same game. Except in game two, he pulled Snell and the Rays won. In game six, he pulled Snell and they lost. And and how many games during the season, like you just said, did Snell get pulled in the sixth inning? You know what, you know what the funny thing Every is? Every single game he started this year. You know what the funny thing is? Everybody likes to talk about pitch counts and stuff like that. And everybody likes to love pitch counts when, 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 when their guy is winning. Snell gets pulled after the sixth inning. We have no idea, no clue what Snell does. And I don't know if you guys have ever watched a baseball game. The, the 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 public in America has ever watched a baseball game. But a pitcher could throw six perfect innings and then give up six runs in the seventh. You know why? Because he hits a wall. And he's not used to pitching seven innings. He's used to pitching six, and he's used to throwing something pitches, 75 pitches. So specifically, Alex Rodriguez, get the fuck out of here. You got paid $25 million to sit on a bench for two years. Get the fuck out of here. Miss me with this. Oh, he should pitch more. Yeah, Alex, you want to know why you're not in the MLB anymore? Because you couldn't hit a goddamn fastball. Survey says. Survey says. You bum. So here's my thing. It's it's easy to second guess it, and this is exactly what we've done with Dave Roberts for six years. But he has a six-year track record. Six-year track record. Right. Six-year track record. And he was bailed out by arguably one of the best hitting lineups in baseball history. Their nine-hole hitter was Chris Taylor. 
Their nine-hole hitter was Chris Taylor. Let me say that again. Their nine-hole hitter was Chris Taylor. They played Mookie fucking Betts, the second-best player in Major League Baseball, and if it weren't for the best player in all of Major League history, Mike Trout playing in the same era, Mookie Betts would have – Mookie Betts would have the greatest baseball player in baseball title right now. He batted leadoff for the Los Angeles fucking Dodgers because that's how stacked his team was. Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, David Price, who's coming back now, now that COVID's over. Nobody wants to talk about that. Justin this, Turner. This team, Sean May, Sean May the red-headed flamethrower, once he gets a starting role, this team is set up to fucking be a dynasty. And people are calling out Kevin Cash for pulling Blake Snell. How about this? Hey, Blake Snell, don't give up that hit, and then it's not an issue. How, how about that? How about you don't have your rookie set the home run and hits record in a single postseason history and he's the only person who showed up. How about Brandon Lau, your best fucking player, plays professional baseball during the postseason? Man, just, by the way, by the way, Brandon Lau, Brandon Lau, if you look it up right now, has a less than minus three, minus point three win probability added in any round of the playoffs. That's their best player. He's his wins above replacement is negative. It's negative. That's fucking awful. Starting him does not give you wins. But for some reason, the one call, because it's such a high-profile game, it's an elimination game. And I agree. Blake Snell should have kept pitching. I'm not saying that he shouldn't. What I'm saying is, being a manager in professional baseball is similar to working in the IT sphere, right? Because 24 hours a day, seven days a week, if your internet's up and running, you're like, oh, that's as it should be, right? It's that 100% line. But when the internet goes down, when the internet goes down, all of a sudden it dips under 100% and hits 99%. And that's when they notice you, As a professional, they're like, oh, my God, he's not doing his job. Or I can't believe IT is doing this, even though they have 100% up rate, which is the same thing that Kevin Cashman has done with the Tampa Bay Rays. 100% up rate. The New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox are in the same division as the Tampa Bay Rays. Same division. They should not have been in the World Series, yet they were. Yankees didn't do it. Clearly superior roster. Red Sox trade away, second best player in baseball. Tampa Bay Rays have a sub 100 mil payroll and made the World Series. And you're going to call Kevin Cashman out? It's unreal. He made a bad decision. Absolutely. Bad decisions are made all the time. C.J.R. Smith a la LeBron James. He went up against the Dodgers. There was no ch- – no one ever thought the Rays had a chance to win this series. So why is everyone upset at Kevin Cashman now? And honestly, because of David Roberts, it should have been over in four. Dodgers should have won this in four. What, what, when, when we were talking about it, we said the only way the Dodgers lose this series is if the Dodgers lose. 
Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is a participant in this World Series. They happen to be like, oh, we're here, so let's so let's get a hit. They did not win a game that LA did not let them win. Literally, see Game Four. Literally, literally. Oh, Chris Taylor in the nine hole. Come on, bro. You gotta you gotta secure the ball before you come up to throw. Well, <laughs> like, I, I know that. Keep your head down, my guy. That's that's all I gotta say to him. Don't all don't. Right. don't there, there is some good news. I'll finally end this by saying some good news. The New York Mets finally, thank God, invested in something that would benefit their team and their franchise for years to come. They confirmed Steve Cohen as their new owner. If you think that man is going to lose the battle for any free agents in New York, you are wrong and you can come talk to me. He is a lifelong Mets fan. And, oh, he also has something going for him, Jermaine. What's that? $2.5 billion. B. Billion. Actually, I think his net worth might actually be the most for any owner in Major League Baseball now. It's like $14 billion. It should be scary to people out there that a lifelong Mets fan – who is a billionaire, just owns the New York Mets. Because he's going to be operating not off logic, off passion. And if you don't think that that he's going to give the GM of the New York Mets every single cent that he has available, you are wrong. And And it's the Mets who have one of the best young rosters in baseball, if they can add a couple of superstars, watch out, everybody. Hey, guess who's coming up for free agency pretty soon? Nolan Arenado. Blake Snell. Arenado. Here, did you hear the reports out of Tampa Bay? They're declining the option on Charlie Morton. They're declining it with hopes... They still hope to finagle their cap room to sign him, but they're declining the option on him because he's worth too much money. Bad decision, dude. Charlie Morton is a great three, number three. Cindergard, they still have Cindergard and DeGrom. They've traded away Wheeler. They've traded away. Oh, my goodness. If they you're talking a, about. They had a ton of pitchers, but. If you're talking about the early, if you're talking like the the late 2000s Mets, you're talking about Mats and Harvey. Then, no, no, no. I'm talking about this pitching. Their, their pitching staff was never the problem. They had four bona fide starters. Yeah, they and they did. traded yeah. away the other two, but they stay held on to Degrom and Degrom, Harvey, and Stephen Mats, and Wheeler, and Jack Wheeler. Yeah, and they traded away those three. Well, they're not bums, but they traded away the three of them. Well, Matt Harvey had a little bit of an issue with his head, so. Well, yeah, that's – dude, New York City will do that. No New, York, New York City is uh, – you can easily get lost in that place. But let's touch on some other baseball news. Congratulations to Los Angeles Dodgers. If you didn't already understand, the Dodgers won the World Series. Nick cashed his plus 300 bet, so he has 300 extra dollars. And what did he do? Instead of pulling that out, he naturally put it on the Chiefs to have the most wins in the NFL. DeAndre Hopkins to lead the league in receiving yards. And what was what was the other one that we, we put money on? 
Uh, hold on one sec. You, you you give you give MLB news. I'll look it up. Oh, real quick. passing yards, right? No, no, MVP passing yards. What do we do? Anyways, so um, AJ Hinch, a former Houston Astros World Series winning manager, who was the scapegoat for the cheating Astros for the cheating Astros, got hired as the Detroit Tigers manager. May not oh, seem like big news now. Oh, oh yeah, that's probably not looking that great. We'll talk about that in a second. It's probably not. Everyone thinks that's not major news because it's the Detroit Tigers, but AJ Hinch is a terrific manager. Tony Larusa, uh, the old head Hall of Famer himself, he's already in the Hall of Fame and still still managing. Got hired as a White Sox manager, and uh, some of the reports already coming out of the front office of the Chicago White Sox is that people didn't like the hire because they were afraid that Tony Larusa would not be able to connect with the young players. And I'm not saying that's I'm not saying that's that's not a realistic fear. How do you know though? You've never seen you've never seen him like talk to these kids. You don't know. Sometimes sometimes young men need mentors and they gravitate towards older men. Especially right? guys that have especially guys that have sustained success in baseball. 100% the dude's won World Series. He has a uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He has an above 500 record as a manager. Correct, 100. percent Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the dude's great. I was glad the the Cardinals got rid of him because <laughs> I'm a lifelong Cardinals hater as a Cubs fan. Uh, I think it's a terrific hire because he's good at it. You, what you would want to do is you want to hire t- Tony Larusa and then bring in your next guy for Tony Larusa to groom, right? Because Tony Tony's got what four, maybe five years. He's 76 already. How many years do you think he's going to be managing? Uh, two or three, probably. Yeah, exactly. Four at the most. So you bring in your next guy. You have him train under a Hall of Fame manager. You have him build up the rapport with the front office. You have him get to know the personnel in your farm system. You have him get to know the coaches that you have. You have him get to know the scouts. And then, boom, Tony LaRusso retires, which is obviously going to happen because, he's again, he's 76 years old. And you have your guy. I, I I have one I have two words for you in this situation. The team that we just discussed that had all kinds of issues entering this season, cheating, trash cans, everything like that. The Houston Astros. Do you know who their manager is? Dusty fucking Baker, bro. 71 year old Dusty Baker. You think a manager can't connect with the kids? He brought them all the way. Not only into the playoffs, right? You can say sub-500 record. You can say anything like that. But once they got in the playoffs, they made it all the way to the ALCS. Almost Dusty won. Baker. Almost won. Almost was in the World Series. And if you look at who they were missing, their rookie of the year from 2019 wasn't on that roster. Justin Verlander, Tommy John wasn't on that early, uh, that that uh, roster. Yeah. Pitching staff, yeah. Pitching staff. Um, man, their closer wasn't there. I'd have to go look at it, but there was several key injuries that the Strohs sustained, and they still maintained the ability to make the playoffs. And here's the thing. Dusty Baker is a pile of hot, on-fire garbage compared to Tony LaRusa. I'm not saying Dusty Baker is a bad manager. I'm saying Tony LaRusa is in the Hall of Fame and is a current manager right now. 
had 20 years of sustained success with the Oakland Athletics and the St. Louis Cardinals, two of the greatest franchises of all time while he was the manager there. He managed guys like Albert Pujols, like Mark McGuire, like Jim Edmonds, like Dave Stewart, like Dennis Erksley. Giambi, this right? man, if you think, yeah, Jason Giambi, if you think this man can't walk into the, the White Sox who have one, who, who I said at the beginning of this year, if you remember, I didn't think they were there this year, but in two years, they're going to look like the 2017 Astros. If you don't think that this is the greatest hire that the White Sox front office could have made, I mean, you're wrong. <laughs> and 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 if you would like to have a conversation with me, come have a conversation with me. You, bring your you, bring your boxing gloves, though. You're wrong. <laughs> this, I mean, you, you talk about the White Sox roster that surprised everyone this year, dude. So we were a year behind on the White Sox and the Padres, and the Braves too. I was a year behind on the Braves. No, the Braves were good. They were they were good last. I, did, year. I didn't think I didn't think they were going to be that good. But it, well, but, that's because the Phillies fucking laid an egg. Yeah, no doubt. That notwithstanding, like the White Sox overachieved, and the reason they didn't achieve more is because of poor managerial decisions. It was. It it really, it really, really was. You could point at one person and it and it was the matter. What are we talking about here? So the, the White Sox went, okay, we have poor manager managerial decisions. Okay, all the other greatest managers of all time are dead <laughs> or in a coma, right? Who's in a coma? Uh, are you are you just saying no, that? Like that no, I, I'm talking about Tommy Lasorda. How Tommy Lasorda is still alive? I have no idea. He's in a coma right now. No, he's not. But <laughs> he's not. But he he looks like it. Go look after this. Google a picture of Tommy Lasorda. Google the big cat. Uh, the big cat. A uh, pf pf <laughs> pft. Uh, picture with Tommy Lasorda. He looks like he's about to keel over. He looks dead. Anyway. The White Sox went off and hired the greatest manager of all time. One of the greatest managers of all time. One of the greatest living managers of all time. Oh, shit, dude. Tommy Lasorda does not look good at all. <laughs> and he's looked like that for 20 years, dude. 20 years he's looked like that. It's, but anyway, his chin, White his chin to neck ratio is not existing. It's, it's zero. It, it's, it's, a, it's a straight line. It looks like the lady from Monsters Inc. who keeps asking Mike Wazowski for his Wazowski. <laughs> Mike Wazowski. Exactly. <laughs> Tommy exactly. Lasorda. That's not AIDS well. That's that's it. That's done. If you haven't put your White Sox World Series bets on right now, do it. Yo, um man. I think that's all the baseball news, right? Oh no, 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 no! Last thing, last thing that we didn't add to the to our document. Yeah, uh, the Red Sox are talking to Alex Cora again, as they should. He was great manager, won you World Series, <laughs> as you should. Talk to him, <laughs> bring him back, bring him back. Y'all need him. Y'all need Jesus. First of all, Jesus Christ, you made some terrible decisions. How are you gonna? So my boy, my, my, Odin. my boy and Allah and Odin, nice. My boy and inaugural Room Three Hundred Three guest E said that we had we had, yeah league bum yeah for sure uh, said that we have uh, he's afraid that the Red Sox have a Mookie Betts curse now. 
like Babe Ruth. And I was just like, ooh, that's it's early. It's early, but they traded away the second best player for peanuts, bro. For peanuts. For Alex Verdugo. For peanuts. And here's the thing. They traded away Mookie Betts for peanuts and added David Price to incentivize the trade for some reason. Like, who the fuck would make that trade? You and I said it when the trade happened. We called Dodgers World Series. I don't know why we didn't bet it then. We waited 10 games in to bet Dodgers World Series. But Still, though. Still, though. Major flex. I, what did I tell hey, you? I hey. 10 games in. I told you. Who's winning the World Series? I there's, told you. There's recording on Nick saying, I'll tell you who wins 10 games in. There is recording. Now, the weeks leading up to this, <laughs> did Nick curse and shout and yell a lot? Absolutely. But there are recordings with him on record saying Dodgers World Series. So if you did not bet that, Listen, folks, that's on you. Listen, there's there's that's bona fide American muscle. <laughs> Get out of here, bro. Hit the weight room, bro. You got warning track power right now. <laughs> all right you know, so, a lot of people may not understand that disc but that's the best disc that jermaine could have given me that's that's pretty good all right so we need to get to the nfl it's the week eight preview nick and i have started a head-to-head segment just to recap jermaine is at seven zero and one with a push of the cincinnati Bengals losing to the cleveland browns last week and nick is a whopping four and four uh, he had a one and three week, and then a three and one week. So, not uh, to call him hot and cold. Yeah, hot and you're cold, yeah, yes, and you're cold. in and you're out. I love how we both instantly went to hot and cold. Is right. <laughs> All right, so we've got head to head. We touched on Ronnie Stanley. God bless that man. Hopefully, he buys me a you know Infinity Gauntlet or something. He's, a, he's an avid listener for sure. For sure. Fan of the pod. And then, uh, so Nick and I have done head-to-head picks already off the line. But Nick is first up this week. So, Nick, give us your first selection for the head-to-head bets. Miami plus three and a half. Two, the, this, this, I, I don't, what, what, where, where are people getting this knocking Tua? People, people think that, that Tua is, is going to lose this. Like, Tua is going to absolutely blow this game. No, Miami plus three and a half. So, oh, sorry, lost the claw. Um, save the save the children. <laughs> fuck them kids. Um, I don't know, dude. Tua betting on Tua on his first bet is risky as hell. I don't know how I feel about that. Especially, it's it's not just Tua. It's it's Tua versus Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. <laughs> that's your that's your you had the entire board to pick from, and your first bet was like, I'm taking the rookie quarterback against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. And then can you name his receivers? Uh Devontae Parker. <laughs> he gave us one, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he doesn't Albert even know the first name. It's Mike. Whatever. Albert Wilson opted out for COVID. Dog, he's still there in spirit. (laughs) The energy. The energy persists. You don't even know. You bet against... uh, Dude, I don't... 
I'm not saying it's a bad bet because I believe in Brian Flores, and Brian Flores has had to have seen something from Tua to start him. But Brian, Brian Flores for president. Bro, Brian Flores is that dude, bro. He's like a good – he's a good coaching Anthony Lynn. You know what I mean? Like Anthony Lynn's a great, great person, but like he's not that great at coaching. Like if Anthony Lynn were good at – like imagine if Anthony Lynn were good at his job. Yeah, he's like, all right. He deals with the most injuries every year. Like consistently the most injuries, right? Which one's the third rib? How do I not get the lung? <laughs> and he had COVID. God bless Anthony Lynn. He's got a – and his owner won't put money into the team. I don't I, – he needs to go somewhere else, bro. Anyways, so my first pick for the head-to-head this week is the Chargers Denver over 44. Love it. Oh, my God. I if saw it. Go. No, you go. I, I, if you didn't – and we'll, I'll get to this in a second. I, I guess I'm revealing it right now. One of my picks is Denver Moneyline. If you didn't auto bet Denver plus three, Denver Moneyline, the over, Denver team total over, you're wrong. Do it. Auto bet it. You, you shouldn't even think about it. Vegas Parlay is getting out coupons. Parlay it. Whatever. Parlay it. Put your house. Put your kid's house on it. Like college fund. Whatever. The cars. The don't. We don't. Honey, we don't need them. Fuck them kids. Fuck them kids, right? We don't need them. Denver money line over. Denver team total over. Daddy likes it all. The future of the AFC West is on showcase. Drew Locke and Justin Herbert are going to put on a show. These defenses are ravaged by injuries. It's going to be over. Oh, not only that, it's over 44. You don't think both these teams are scoring 20? This is the battle for second place in the AFC West that we're going to see for a decade to come. (laughs) Dude, did you just discredit the second place team in the AFC West? No, I said, no, I said, this is the battle for second place. No, Oakland is second place. Garbage. (laughs) John Gruden doesn't know how to coach in the new NFL. How can you say that? You had them almost make the playoffs last year. They had like half a wide receiver. They honestly, with all the injuries, they still only have half a wide receiver. All right, so my so so give give your give your non thirty rack bet. My non thirty rack bet. Since you just gave Denver money line, I have Tampa Bay money line. That's good. That's that's a good pick. I have or, Tampa Bay money line because I also have them in my Survivor League, which I'm still in. You fucking bums! All right, so we'll so talk about uh, talk about um, for that pick, right? Denver money line, Tampa Bay money line. I love it. I love the Chargers Denver over forty four. And so I'll get I'll get into my COVID pick before we, and then we'll let Jermaine do his his COVID pick. So, my COVID pick, New England team total over 21 and a half. The, the amount of, of flack that's coming towards Cam Newton right now, who's throwing to relative nobodies, Chris Hogan's not there, Julian Edelman isn't, isn't there, Rob Gronkowski isn't there, it doesn't matter. New England beats Buffalo. Buffalo, even with Josh Allen, they're not good against New England. 
New England beats Buffalo. Bill beats Bills, right? That's the triple B of this matchup. With this matchup, Bill does not lose in Buffalo. The alliteration, BBB. Bill beats Bills. New England scores over 21 and a half. That's my COVID pick. Jermaine, let's hear your COVID pick. Bill beats Bills? Did you only use like seven letters there? Bill beats (laughs) Bills. I'm used to Bill Belichick approach. We beat the Bills. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to sip this claw real quick, and then I'll give you my COVID pick. Uh, Heineken's just go down better overseas. Have you noticed that? Oh, dude, so overseas, I have a few theories about overseas, right? Let's hear them. Uh, America has uh, ridiculously regulated sectors, right? And it's not even the appropriate sectors because the opioid crisis shows you that we don't know what the fuck we're doing. But we don't use real sugar for some reason. We are a big-time high-fructose give everyone diseases because we love big pharma making tons of money and then we get to make cures quote unquote with all these crazy side effects that kill more people gotta but love big had, have you had seven times more addicted than cocaine that's how crazy sugar is you hear it here first on room 303 do coke sugar. not sugar <laughs> whoa time out <laughs> anyways God, uh, first of all that should be the podcast model off the bat as soon as i get out of this as soon as i get out of this mug that i'm in right now you know me you and i are going to fucking vegas for a little bender, no a bender i do not participate in that activity there's no way well, if I, you were, i'll take you through it i'll be your shaman for the first time <laughs> well first time buddies together Negative Ghost Rider. I would rather have my Snickers bar. <laughs> so Snickers, Snickers in Afghanistan and Somalia with real sugar tastes so much better. It's in Coke with real sugar. The Mexican Coke, yes, with sugar. Yes. Have you have you had Middle East ketchup? I have, yes. So good. It tastes like tomatoes. It tastes like as if you were to squeeze a tomato into a bottle and then put it on your French fries. Like, this is delicious because it doesn't have sugar in it. It doesn't have the high fructose corn syrup either, dude. It's insane. It tastes so much better without it. I don't know why it's added. I don't know why it's added. So that's that's why I don't know why Hanukkah would taste different, but, you know, maybe it's. So I so I'm I'm drinking Heineken out of a can right now. I hate Heineken in the United States. Can bottle anything like that. Heineken can here in the Middle East is low key delicious. This is the I only had, thing I drink out here. I had a Heineken. Um, so first of all, I don't I dislike Heineken in the States. I don't know what they do to it. it does not taste well. I had a Heineken in London at the Heathrow Airport. Heathrow, but yeah. Heathrow, Heathrow, tomato, tomato, whatever. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I remember, like, they were like, what do you want? Well, we have – they were like, we have Heineken on the happy hour special. I think it was like $3. And I, I'm, you know, first of all, I throw money away betting all the time. But I'm a sucker for a good deal. I was just like, wait, same percentage as any other beer I'm buying? Sure, I'll take the $3 Heineken. 
And I was sitting there like sipping the Heineken and I was just like, holy cow, this is delicious. Delicious, bro. I'm with you. I don't know what it is. It's my same theory with Snickers, although I have an actual reason why it's probably better. Like real sugar is different. Like cane sugar in candy and drinks is way better than – although maybe that's why they use the fake stuff. It's less addictive. Because I would – when I was throwing up ridiculous weights, and I when I tore my shoulder, I was eating like I was eating like four Snickers a day, dude. Your body was like, nah, that ain't me. Because I was addicted to those. I think I was addicted for sure. I was if it wasn't a Snickers, it was a Kit Kat. I would just come down. We had a little shelf full of candy. I was like, yo, let me get one of those Kit Kats, bro. <laughs> Death group, nice, huh? <laughs> you, don't, you don't get Snickers out here in Riverine land. That's what you get, bro. Choices were made. All right. So, All right. so I talked, so I just talked about my COVID pick. Give the people Philly your COVID pick and then we'll talk about the bet up oh, Philadelphia Philly, money line. There you go. Philly money line. I mean, do I have to explain it? No, you don't. No. Nope. <laughs> All right. Line. Hey, Eagles R. money R. line. Stop disrespecting Carson Wentz. You mooks. RIP Cowboys. Uh, I had Dak for MVP before we did our official picks, so that really, really broke my heart. I had CD Lab for Offensive Rookie of the Year, so that also breaks my heart. Um, you guys got talent. I don't know if you have Dak next year, but a part of me thinks that you aren't going to have Dak next year because you're going to be high enough to draft like a Justin Fields, right? Everyone's going to be like, oh, our defense stinks. We got the fifth pick in the draft. We'll take the best cornerback available or the best pass rusher available. And you guys are going to end up taking Justin Fields. <laughs> and, and it's going to cause mayhem. But, I mean, you don't have to have Dak with no ankles on the field. So I guess that's a good thing, maybe. But Philly money line, uh, the spread is 10 and a half right now. Uh, I didn't have the stones to bet Eagles 10 and a half, even though the Cowboys just dropped a three-point dud on the Washington football team. So, all right. So we've coyly avoided, right? We coyly avoided the number two pick for both of us, right, in the head-to-head for a reason. Let them know why, Nick. So, uh, as you guys know, we have – we recently added a new staff member to the podcast, right? And executive producer Nevada listens to all the podcasts, and he gives us honest and truthful wrong feedback. Um, <laughs> he told me the other day, he said, Jermaine and Nick, your two teams played each other, and yet there was no side action. You do this head-to-head stuff, but there was no side action, like a, like a you know a, another kind of bet or something. Uh, I said, well, we don't do that mainly for big sporting events, we do jersey bets. It's well-known. Jermaine won a France jersey off me when uh, in the 2016 or the 2018 World Cup. But this week, we have taken our EP's advice on board. I don't know why I said it like that. On board. And we have made, inside our head-to-head bets, we have made a separate game bet in which I will take one side of the line, Jermaine will take the other side of the line, and we're going to bet a 30 rack of that person's favorite alcohol to be paid over Venmo on this game. 
is that about correct, Jermaine? Did I about summarize it correctly? Yeah, $30 bet inside the head-to-head bets as if we didn't have a, enough bets this week. And, and- <laughs> we said exhibit. I heard you like bets, dog. So we got bets inside your bets so you can bet while you bet. Yo, you like fishes? We put a fish tank in your truck. <laughs> Yo, uh, that's exactly what we did. Uh, this live, you and I stared at, laughed at, talked about, drank about, uh, comically made jokes about even further, and we just couldn't resist. It, it, it was almost as if Vegas was siren calling us into this bet. Uh, it was a natural place to go for this podcast. Nick is sick and tired of catching these L's week to week. Uh, even he, go, he goes three and one, and he still doesn't win the week. That's how bad he is at this, ladies and gentlemen. Don't follow Nick's advice. Just kidding. Dog, it's fade us. Our, 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 ex- our executive producer said, man, I should get into gambling just to fade you, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Man, fuck it'd probably Reno. be a very good strategy. Hey, hey, hey! If it, it's not a room three or three podcast, if I don't say this once a week, fuck Reno, <laughs> Nevada, and Alex Smith—the two things Jermaine hates every week—and <laughs> Rutgers football. <laughs> Dude, I bet Rutgers this week. How dumb am I? Did you bet Rutgers this week? Rutgers, Rutgers plus twenty, dude. Oh my god, this makes this makes the thirty rack bet feel good in my heart now because you're that stupid over there, bro. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with, <laughs> with I, that, I, I did have a three minute conversation with myself. I timed it. I went, "What are you doing? <laughs> are you literally about to click this button? Are you about to click this button to, for Rutgers to be one of your parlays, dude?" That seems to me like you need to see professional help. You timed your own conversation with yourself. What kind of psychopath tendencies is that, dude? dude? I'm only up to animals at this point. I haven't killed any people. <laughs> All right, Dexter season reboot. <laughs> Uh, all right, so without further ado, the bet that we are alluding to is the Kansas City Chiefs versus the New York Jets. Nick thinks... 20 points is too much. I think 20 points is too much. (laughs) But somehow we have found ourselves in this situation where I've taken Kansas City. I already already drunkenly placed the 21.5 minus 21.5 Kansas City Chiefs bet last week. So naturally, uh, I added it to my head-to-head. And Nick decided that New York Jets plus 20 was too juicy. Despite the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs just played the Denver Broncos and put 43 on them while they held them to 16. And, objectively speaking, if we were to evaluate who's a better football team, Jets or Broncos, the world 100% unanimously would decide. Jets. Oh, my goodness. All right. So, uh, as Nick said, yeah, it's it's Jets, apparently. This clown show of a, of a dude over here. What he's trying to do is he suckered me into this bet because he knew 20 points was a lot, and he's trying to gain ground on my lossless streak. Eight times in NFL history, 
there has been a favorite of 20 or more points. Seven of those eight times, the favorite has not covered 20 points. It's just history at this point. History repeats itself. Fair enough. It's in Kansas City. And Jamison oh, Crowder. Game's end, the game's going to end 45 nothing. I was actually thinking, like, this might be one of those college football scores where it's like 70 to zero. Where it's like one of one of those one of those terrible teams flies in like a nineteen twenty nine Washington Redskins seventy three to zero. Whoa, Washington football team, bro. Chill. Uh, well, no, they at but that at that at that time they were They're the Redskins. Better. You dead named him. You got mad at me. Bruce. What a cisgendered white male I'm being. You got mad at me when I used Bruce, and I was like, I was talking about him winning the fucking decathlon. Don't dead name. Don't dead name her. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I, it's, it's hard to keep up with society, but we've we foolishly bet the Kansas City New York Jets game. Nick has the Jets plus twenty. I have Kansas City minus twenty, and I fucking hate the bet. I we should, we, we, we should have done we should have done it like a cool thing where it's like Jets plus twenty one, Kansas City minus nineteen. So there's <laughs> that little there's that twenty in there. <laughs> There's a twenty minus nineteen and a half. I'll take plus twenty and a half. So if they hit twenty, what, what, we are, we, what are we, Bavada MMA odds makers? Oh my god, no doubt. But yeah, those so so those are our our head to head challenge bets. I here so Jermaine really wants a strategy on how I can beat him. I'm just going to parlay Jermaine's bets, and then because the motto is fade Nick, he'll lose. He's jinxed me, ladies and gentlemen. Don't so ride have, my bets this week. I have the bets here. I'm going to parlay him. He's seven and zero. Why wouldn't I? It's it's the it's the boldest strategy I've ever heard of. If my parlay doesn't hit this week because Kansas City minus twenty is on it, I'm going to be so hot, bro. I'm not parlaying it. No, I was talking about. I'm parlaying my picks, but I'm saying like if you should. If I, if I lose this week because Kansas City minus twenty is on the board, I'm gonna be so mad because I didn't open want, I didn't want it, and you were like, "Well, let's make an extra bet," and I can't hesitate. I can't hesitate an extra bet, dude. You know me; I like to bet. Yeah, and I'm, you playing were with, betting, I'm, playing with, I'm playing with house money. I'm I should just wear the France jersey every time we record. Hashtag house money. Well, uh, eventually we're gonna put this on YouTube, and then we have to, we actually have to care about our appearance. Oh, I know. I look disheveled as fuck right now. So, so uh, just to touch on some a qu- few quick things, I'm going to run through them, Nick. You can jump in if you want to. NFC Player of the Month, Tom Brady, 66%, 11, 57, 12, and 1. That is the statistics for the week. 11th award, first Bucks player to ever win Offensive Player of the Award since uh, since not 1986 when the award started. Defensive player, Buda Baker, 31 tackles, two sacks, two interceptions, forced fumble. AFC, Derek Henry. Still can't get away from DK Metcalf. <laughs> still can't get away. Still running. Still trying. Still, try, to run. still trying to run from DK Metcalf. AFC, Derek Henry, 344 yards, five tutties. This is for the month, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, defensive player for the month is Miles Garrett. 14 tackles, four tackles for loss, six sacks, two forced fumbles. Nick and I were prophetic with our defensive player of the year pick. He is now the odds-on favorite to win it. I picked him last year. If Sands 
Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer getting hit in the head with the with the helmet. He'd be a back-to-back winner. We won't talk about that. NFC Special Teams Player of the Week is Jermaine, Johnny Packer. Jermaine, Jermaine, let me talk to you about Miles Garrett. I got him plus 1,200 at Defensive Player of the Year. He's flying right now, is he? No, he's plus 250 right now. But I have literally almost made up 1,000 points in movement. That's insane. That is insane. NFC Special Teams Player of the Week, John Hecker, 47.5 average per punt, 13 of 21 punts inside the 20. It's almost like if the Rams didn't have him, they would be they would have like two extra losses, no? Yeah, I, I mean you would that I would want to see the metrics on that, but yeah, like it, he's had a, he's had eight punts where he hasn't put it inside the 20. I don't know like I would love to have an access of every like punter in history and know if that's like like uh, historical or not, but I don't, I don't know. I don't have that information. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't have the access to that data. That, that seems that seems incredible to me. So field position super important in pro football. What? Uh, if you're if you're into pro football, I hope you already know that. But the fact that the fact that Johnny Hecker has thirteen of twenty one, right? Like his his percentage is it's like sixty one percent. 61%. Otherworldly. It's insane. It's like uh, quick math, you know, 61%. You can fact check me. It might be 58. But that's in, that's insane. That's insane. Um, and he also stopped at one point as he's holding the field goal kick and pointed at the camera. So he should get the award just for that. That's a ball. That's he a ball. The MVP award just for that. Player of the month. <laughs> so and AFC. Go I, anytime athletes do stuff that like like in the middle of a game I'd be so focused on holding the ball that like, he just holds it and he's like no nah, there's a camera yeah what up camera <laughs> <laughs> hey camera I see you AFC special teams players Jason Saunders eleven for eleven for field goals forty whopping points that is 18, the Miami 18, so eighteen for eighteen on all his kicks as well oh, including extra points including extra points yeah. That is the Miami Dolphins field goal kicker. Yeah. The Miami Dolphins have to be minus two wins because of Jason Sanders, right? Yeah, yeah. If you take him away for sure. If we're, ta- if we're talking about minus wins. So uh, the front runner for rookie defensive player of the year is actually out of Carolina. He is the safety that was drafted <laughs> in the second round. His name is Jeremy Chin. He had we- 30 tackles, four pass defenses, and an interception last week to make him the rookie NFC Defensive player of the month. We or gushed, no, rookie. we gushed about this kid. You and I did. I I still think it's going to be Patrick Queen because that man's a, a man possessed. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know, man. I, at this point, I don't know. Jeremy Chin is every week putting on a show, dude. So the the crazy thing is, is I watch a lot of I watch a lot of NFC South football, obviously, and. Every time I watch Jeremy Chin, I'm like, man, if he played in D1, he would not have made that mistake. Like, that's how crazy this kid is on the field. He's so good, but when he does make his mistake, you're just like, all right, an extra year, more coaching, more experience playing against NFL. He'd be a top five pick. He'd be a top five pick. You guys got him in the second round. 
And he's out here already producing. Granted, the Carolina Panthers defense is terrible. They just lost to the Atlanta Falcons. It wasn't even close, which is embarrassing. But, but they know how to they know how to develop defensive backs. Not keep them, but develop defensive backs. Yeah, so who signs them? Raiders, right? Yeah, it's got to be the Raiders. It's got to be. <laughs> it's got to be some AFC team. And so for rookies, uh, they just do one, whether it's defensive or offensive. For the AFC rookie, it's obviously Justin Herbert. Has to be. 901 yards, 10 touchdowns, one interception, 122.2 QBR rating. Stop adding me when you think that peep, that quarterbacks are the reason teams win and lose football games. Dude's what? balling. They're still losing. What's Justin Herbert's record this this month? In three games, aren't they like one and two? I think I think he's won a game. No, has Justin Herbert won a game? I don't know. I, I really don't know. All right, move on to find him and cut him. I'm looking it up right now. So we, we talked about the Dodgers in, in the beginning of the show. Well, I had a great MVP pick for the World Series. Justin Turner, Dodgers career leader in postseason home runs, and really having a very quiet, Jermaine talked about it, a very quiet postseason or a very quiet World Series. What did you say, Jermaine? He, he was 400 with two home runs, right? Batting 400 Corey, with two home runs. Corey Seager, yep. Super oh, well, yeah, well, well, Corey Seager was. But Justin Turner, if he hadn't have gotten removed from that game, from COVID in the seventh inning, he gets one more hit. He oh, might have won MVP. You were asking what Turner's stats were. Justin Turner doesn't get taken out of that game in the seventh inning. He maybe wins World Series MVP. Yeah, and the thing is, is the person that replaced Justin Turner was Kike Hernandez, obviously. Kike, career's clutch performer. But he came in to hit for Justin Turner, and it in that spot, there were people on. There were people on, and a pitcher struggling, and Kike didn't deliver. If Justin Turner's there, that's a different story. This is a different game, and now all of a sudden, now we're talking about maybe he hits a little yacker, maybe he hits a little yak bomb, maybe. And that's what I'm saying. Like, and Justin Turner had the, he was in the position to hit that clutch situation to 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 win the MVP, right? Because that's the decisive game. But this is Feynman cut him, and we don't care about that. What we care about is Justin Turner tested positive for COVID. He gets sent to the locker room. Obviously, he's quarantined from his teammates. He should have gotten sent home and quarantined in his hotel room. However, an hour after he's been sent to the locker room, he comes back out to the field, no mask, is kissing his wife, is on the world, is 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 six inches away from the World Series trophy that everybody's handling. It is all around his teammates, hugging his coaches, hugging his teammates, everybody like that. I understand emotion, and I understand that Justin Tucker has worked so hard, to, or Justin Turner has worked so hard to be at this moment. But, dog, this is not the right look for Major League Baseball. To go through everything they went through with COVID and then have a player that tested positive then be out at the field, shaking hands, kissing babies, with everybody around him, not a good look. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Justin, baby, come on. What is you doing? 
What is you doing? So we this is this is this is a double pack. So we talked about Steve Cohen. Awesome, awesome person. A, the guy that I don't know why it took this long for the New York Mets to get him as an owner to approve the sale of the team. But New York Mayor Bill de Blasio continues his reign of just awful decisions. <laughs> like, oh, we're, like, we're not even talking COVID at this point. Like, awful decisions via COVID, right? Shutting Stop down gyms, press, baby. Shutting, shutting down gyms and then going to the gym himself. Uh, acted like not letting New Yorkers go out and do what they want to do. He tried to block the sale of the Mets to Steve Cohen. Baby. What is you doing? Doing. Bro, Bill de Blasio is a classic example of a man who should not have power. Everybody this hates Right? There, there's I've never seen I, I haven't seen a New Yorker yet that's like, yeah, I like Bill. Nah, nobody likes him, dude. He just keeps making bad decision after bad decision. <sighs> Bro, what are you doing in the MLB MLB sphere of selling teams? Like why do you have any say why do you think that you have any say in that? He has Fuck to be Fuck, that's what I was thinking. That's why I added it. I added <laughs> it has it. to be a Yankees fan, right? I added it. That was my only thought. My only reasonable explanation is this dude's a Yankees fan. So Aaron Judge is going to the Mets, right? Probably. Probably, dude. Get bent, Bill. Like, for real. The fuck are you – you've got people in your city fucking dying. you got people leaving. you got people living in substandards. You've got tons of homeless people. You, you care you, about the sale of the Mets. You, and you're fucking concerned with a baseball team being sold? That brings drastic amounts of money to your, to your state, to your city on top of that. Employs people. Gives people to look forward to. Let's them not be as distraught. And you're going to fucking sit here and tell me all this shenanigans? How about you go fucking worry about your infrastructure? You go worry about the housing crisis. You go worry about the exodus of New York citizens who are moving everywhere else but your fucking shitty city. How about you, you do that? You worry about people writing articles about New York saying New York is dead. And yet you care about the sale of the Mets. Good fucking riddance with the fucking leadership you guys keep fucking nominating. You guys could have had Amazon. You could have had Amazon. Could have. Could have. No doubt. Could have. Good fucking riddance, New York. You fucking miserable scumbag of existence. Great place to visit. Shitty place to live. Eat my fucking shorts, you communists. Oh, that's that. That's a little. That's a little uh, Lindsay Deacon shout out right there. She she's a subject matter expert on shitty place to live or great place to visit, shitty place to live. Uh, so Jermaine, you asked at the beginning of the show, in honor of of Tyler Lockett's fifty three point explosion of a fantasy football performance, who as a non QB has the best single game fantasy point total, PPR and standard. So for PPR. It is Jamal Charles. On December 15, 2013, Jamal Charles racked up a total of 59 and a half points. 
making it the single best fantasy point total performance ever. In standard, Clinton Portis on December 7, 2003, rank, racked up 55.4 points, making those two the best non-quarterback performance of all time. And as Jermaine stated at the beginning of the show, Mike Vick with 49.3 was the best quarterback performance of all time and wouldn't even have cracked the list, I believe, of, of PPR, right? No, not not in PPR scoring. The list was top 50, ended with Wes Welker at 51.6. Shout out Drew Bennett, who most people don't know, 53.3 fantasy points against that's, Kansas City. That's a, trivia, that's a trivia question within a trivia question. What round was Drew Bennett drafted in? Zero, because he Zero wasn't. Rounds. He was not drafted. Tennessee Titans strike again with their dumb ass. All right, dude, so what's more impressive, though? Is it is it Clinton Portis standard scoring 55.4 or Jamal Charles 59.5 PPR? It, it has to be standard scoring, right? Unreal. You want to hear his stat line? Yeah, let's hear it. Two, I think he ran for like 203, right? No, no, no. 218. Five touchdowns rushing, 36 receiving yards. Yeah, and he was hung over that entire game. I remember that story. <laughs> probably. He was probably on the on the on the drug that's seven times le- less addictive than sugar. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Cause, cause he was, I, I remember that story because Shannon Sharp told him uh he was he was in the locker room and he was so hung over. And Shannon Sharp goes, Oh, you're hung over? And he was like, yeah, I'm feeling really bad. I don't think I can play. And he goes, nah, ain't nobody trying to hear that shit. Go out to the field and run sprints till you throw up and work it out. <laughs> Shannon Sharp, dude, just told a rookie because he was a rookie in 2003. And he told him to fucking run sprints until he threw, <laughs> threw up. And then he goes on and has 218 yards and five tutties. Skip? Was it that game, though, or are you just talking out of your ass? I think uh, that those two stories are truthful. Clinton Portis had 218 yards and five touchdowns in the game, and Shannon Sharp did tell him to run sprints when he was hungover. If they're the same game, who knows? Who's to say? <laughs> you connected. You connected, Dodd. Like, you figure it out. <laughs> All right. With that being said, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Podcast Room 303. Follow us on social, Instagram and Twitter, at Podcast Room 303. Uh, message, comment, like, subscribe, tell us we suck, tell us we're good. And for anyone listening, Nick, what do you have for them? Yeah, no, you, you covered it all, man. In, enjoy, enjoy week eight of football. Uh, after this week, next week, we're going to, you remember so long ago, probably episode one or two, Jermaine and I made our uh, gambling bets. After this week, we will, perv- we will uh, preview or we will review uh, how close we are on those season totals. Absolutely. Um, Alex Smith is a poor man's Teddy Bridgewater. Bright wires out. Hey, everybody. Have you ever watched a game and said to your buddies, I knew. Insert player name here. Was going to do that? Alas, the sports gods have delivered us a solution. The Thrive Fantasy app. Thrive is a one-of-a-kind daily fantasy sports app specifically for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about top-tier athletes in the NFL, NBA, 
MLB, PGA, or esports. For the NFL, you choose 10 out of 20 player prop options, and yes, even Falcons players are available. For fans of the NBA, MLB, or PGA and esports events, choose 5 out of 10 player prop options to complete your lineup. Thrive even offers new contests daily for each PGA event, meaning if your golfer doesn't make the cut, you'll still have a chance to win big. By this time, you should be asking, but Nick, how do I make money? Well, each prop has an associated over or under fantasy point total based on its likelihood to occur. But beware, the more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. By racking up the most points, you win the prize pool. And since launching in 2018, Thrive has paid out more than $1.3 million in prizes. So what are you waiting for? Use promo code ROOM303 when you sign up and receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Yes, that's $20. And also, code ROOM303. Download Thrive Fantasy and prop up today. Not all states qualify. 